Got up here. That, I like it. I like it. Joshua chapter 4. I'm excited to be in this text. Excited to be preaching tonight. I like preaching. I like being with you guys on Sunday night. Um, I like being in a one. I like doing all the kinds of things. So it's just nice to have a church service with a church family. I like that about Sunday nights. I, I hope, I know you're all here on Sunday night, so I know you come on Sunday night. But it is, my, it is a great service. It's a great service to be a part of. Um, Joshua chapter 4. Joshua chapter 4. We're going to get into it. Um, where we're kind of at in the story, obviously we know, uh, Andy taught and preached on this last week. Um, we know what's going on with the children of Israel. This is, they've now crossed over into Canaan. So they spent 40 years Spent years and years and years, right, wandering through the desert. They were freed from Egypt. They spent 40 years wandering through the desert. And this is the end of exile. This is the end of exile. This is the entrance of the promised land. Andy talked about this last week. They, they, they part, the, not they, God parts the Jordan River. And uh, the people of Israel cross over, cross over to the Jordan River. And at the end of chapter 3, the people have crossed over. The people have crossed over. And they've crossed over to enemy territory. They've crossed over into a land that, was, that they do not know. They've crossed over into a place where people want to kill them, but they have crossed over. They've been there. They got there. 40 years is a long time. Some of you guys know. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I only know because I, I've been told it's a long time. But some of you guys will be like, yeah, it is a long time. Um, I'm, I'm over halfway there, you know, so I would assume it's a long time. But 40 years is a long time to wonder, but the wondering is over. The wondering is over. They've crossed over into the Jordan, and this is a chapter. I, when I found out kind of what our preaching schedule was on Sunday nights, and I kind of start doing the math, okay, this one's going to get this one, this one's going to get this one. Uh, I was really hoping not to get next week, and you'll find out about why that next week, and to get this week, and to get this week. Because this passage, man, I'm going to read it. It's just one of those passages where I hope... I can do it justice as someone who's speaking on it. It's a powerful passage, full of symbolism, full of remembrance, full of praise to God, uh, and, and as best as they could do it, and as best as we could do it. So let's read, and we will get into it. 24 verses. I'm going to read quick for sake of time, uh, but read, and we will, we will get there. And it came to pass when all the people were clean passed over over Jordan, that the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, Take you twelve men out of the people, out of every tribe a man. And command ye them, saying, Take you hence out of the midst of Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet stood firm, twelve stones, and ye shall carry them over with you, and leave them in the lodging place where ye shall lodge this night. Then Joshua called the twelve men whom he had prepared of the children of Israel out of every tribe a man. And Joshua said unto them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of Jordan, and take you up every man of you a stone upon his shoulder, according unto the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, that this may be a sign among you, that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean ye by these stones? What mean ye by these stones? Then you shall answer them, that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord, wherein it passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel. Of Israel forever. We'll stop there for now and we'll pray. Dear Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for letting us gather together. We've had services all day. We've had classes today, Lord. The kids are meeting now, and you've already blessed us today. You've blessed us in worship, Lord. Uh, help us to get something from this passage, from this powerful passage of your people. Uh, thousands and thousands of years ago, Lord, but you've got something for us tonight here at 207 Carriage Road, you full of Baptist Church, Lord. Something from this text for each of us tonight, Lord. Help us to, to see it, to hear it, and then to apply it to our lives, Lord. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. It's important to remember, to remember. Uh, I, I, I am, uh, I don't know about you guys, did, you, uh, did anybody else go through like an Awana, a Master Club, when they were a kid, did they all go through like 
programs like that. I'm assuming a lot of us did. Um, I, I went through several different ones our, our, from different churches. Our, our church switched a couple times. I have, and I'm not kidding, I have every badge. I've got every ribbon. I've got it all kept up. Because maybe I'm a hoarder, or maybe I'm nostalgic, or maybe I'm just proud of my second grade accomplishments. But I've got everything stored up. I like to, I like to just keep stuff. I got all my high school, like, stupid, silly awards stored up in a, in a bin. I don't want to, Sammy's like, you know, this was a long time ago. We can, we can move on. I'm like, no, we can't. I want them forever. I want to remember. Uh, so I keep all these things. And I like to think I was a, I'm a nostalgic person. Well, one thing that has made me confirm that is the baby being born. The baby being born. Because I want to take a picture of every single outfit, every single day, every single hour. If you look through me, my Sam, Sammy's phone is even worse. It's like we've taken more pictures in the past five months than have been photographed in the history of mankind. Okay, we're just taking every single picture. We're videoing every little thing, every little, maybe she hasn't smiled like that before. We gotta get it on video. We're, we're teaching her food now. We've moved on from uh, uh, just milk. We're, we're introducing food. So every four days, the doctor said, introduce her a new food. So we're videoing every food. This is her eating bananas for the first time. This is her eating this for the first time. It's very, it's a beautiful, it's, it's filmed. It's art. And uh, we're doing that because I love to look at it. And every few weeks, every few, it happens every few weeks, like clockwork. Every few weeks, me and Sammy be sitting on the couch. Baby's maybe being quiet. Maybe she's asleep. Maybe she's not. Maybe she's not doing anything. So maybe she's loud and talking and doing baby stuff. And we just kind of get on our phones and we start looking back and we just find ourselves way back. We always start in the beginning, five months ago in the hospital with our first photos. And it's always fun. Just kind of scroll. Look how little she was. If you remember Harlow, she's put on like 15 pounds since she was born. I'm not even kidding. That's not even a joke. She's, she's grown. And we get to look back when her little legs were so little. And we get to look back at, oh, this is the first time she did this. And it's fun. It's fun. It's nice to remember. It's nice to remember the good. It's nice to remember the good. We, as people, we're apt to forget. It's easy to forget. It's easy to forget about the good things. and the, We like to block out the bad, and for some whatever reason, by nature, we just forget some of the good. And we forget the good times. We forget the good things that God's done. We forget the good things that people we just It's easy to forget. But it's important to remember. It's important to remember for your sake, for your family. But it's important to remember the things that God have done in your lives. It's important to remember. Because if we're sitting here tonight as followers of Jesus, God has done miraculous things in our lives. As individuals, he has performed miracles on you simply by saving you from your sin. You're a, mir- you're a miracle. You are a memorial of a miracle. You are. And it's, it's important for us as Christians to remember that. And this text, it's a, it's a beautifully written, it's just, I love every, every bit of it. There's so much God and God and obviously it was God at the time when he was putting all this together, man, he just, it's a masterpiece of just remembering the things that God has done. Remember the things that God has done. It's easy to forget, but man, is it important to remember. It's important to remember. So we're going to look through this text. We're going to work through it, and uh, we're going to pick up back reading verse number 9, how they've passed over, right? They've passed over. We read they've passed over. They've sent two tribes over first that were armed with swords and shields to defend themselves because they're marching literally into enemy land. They're not just marching. They're marching into the plains of Jericho. Who are they about to fight? Jericho. Okay, these are bad guys. These are people who they both want to kill each other. So they're marching over. They've passed the Jordan River. I feel like this miracle kind of gets like forgotten that God split this sea or river too. He splits it. They pass over and uh, the Lord gives Joshua instruction. So the people have passed, but remember the Ark of the Covenant is still in the middle of the river. Right, so the Ark of the Covenant is still in the middle of the river. The priests are still holding up the Ark of the Covenant. Now the tribes have passed over and Jesus, or God gives Joshua some instructions. He says to go and retrieve 12 stones. 
12 stones, 12 stones for each tribe uh, that's represented in Israel. I want you to go from where the ark is and retrieve 12 stones. So Joshua tells the instruction and he says, when we're going to put these stones up, it's for the remembrance of our kids. For the, the, for the remembrance of generations to come to look back and remember what the Lord has done here. Let's pick up reading verse number 9. It says, And Joshua set up 12 stones. This is Joshua's second memorial. And the place where the feet of the priests stood, which bear the ark of the covenant, stood. And they are there unto this day. For the priests which bear the ark stood in the midst of Jordan till everything was finished that the Lord commanded Joshua to speak unto the people. According to all that Moses commanded Joshua, and the people hasted and passed over. And it came to pass, all the people were clean, passed over, that the ark of the Lord passed over, and the priests and the presence of the people and the children of Reuben and the children of Gad. This is the, talking about the warrior tribes who have marched over already. And half the tribe of Manasseh passed over armed before the children of Israel in case there was conflict as Moses spake unto them. About 40,000 prepared for war passed over before the Lord unto battle to the plains of Jericho. On that day the Lord magnified Joshua in the sight of all Israel and they feared him as they feared Moses all the days of his life. And the Lord spake unto Joshua saying, Command the priests that bear the ark of the testimony that they come up out of Jordan. Joshua therefore commanded the priests, saying, Come ye up out of Jordan. And it came to pass when the priests that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord were come up out of the midst of Jordan, and the soles of the priests' feet were lifted up into the dry land, that the waters of Jordan returned unto their place and flowed over all his banks as they did before. And the people came up out of Jordan on the tenth day of the first month and encamped in Gilgal in the east border of Jericho. And those twelve stones which they took out of Jordan did Joshua pitch in Gilgal. And he spake unto the children of Israel, saying, When your children shall ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean these stones? Then ye shall let your children know, saying, Israel came over this Jordan on dry land. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of Jordan from before you until you were passed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up from before us, until we were gone over. That all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord that is mighty, that you might fear the Lord your God forever. Forever. That's our story. The, the children of Israel build a memorial. They build a memorial. They build something that they can look at. This is a physical memorial that the children of Israel can look at for generation after generation to look at and see the things that God has done. So where does this leave us? What, what is, this is a cool story. You have the 12 tribes, and then you have the, you know, it, there's, so much, there's so much cool that you have the 12 tribes, and when you get Jesus, he, you have the 12 disciples. And he, what does he tell them? He said, on this, on this rock will I build this church. And you get to look back, and you get to see all this cool stuff. But what does this mean to us? Well, I think it is important for Christians to remember. I think it is. I think it's important as individuals to remember what God has done. So I'm going to challenge you tonight to build some memorials. To build some memorials. Or to, to remember to remember. And we're going to look at this text. We're going to figure out how they built their memorial, th this 12-stone structure that was constructed by the, the entire nation to remember what God had done there, what God had already done, what God would do in the, do in the future. And I'm going to encourage you to build, to build. First, our first point, build with community. Build with community. Verse number two and three says, take you 12 men out of the people, out of every man, tribe, a man and command them saying take you hence out of the midst of Jordan out of the place where the priest's feet stood firm 12 stones and you shall carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place where you shall lodge on this night God's instructions included all 12 tribes it included everyone the reality is as Christians we need community we need to be doing the work of the Lord with the people of the Lord if you read through Acts 2 and you read through the foundation of the church, this is a vital New Testament teaching that we must be involved in a community 
that is doing things worth remembering. And as people of God, we're called to, to be a part of a community. Because not just, not just for the sake of the God telling us what to do, I don't think Jesus ever tells us something to do without having reasons, but we are, it is necessary for us to be in community for multiple reasons. First of all, it's for our, yourself. You need community. You need a church that, you need a, not just a church, because there's church, our church is full of communities all, all throughout itself. You need a community for yourself, for encouragement of yourself. For, for reproof of yourself, for correction of yourself, for, for the challenges, for the unity, for all the things that community brings, you need it. You need it. You need it. Not, I'm not talking about your, we'll get to other people in, the, in a second, but you need it. So do you have it? Do you have people in your life? Do you, are you place yourself under authority? Do you place yourself in a community where the things of God are done around you? You need it for yourself. You need it for your family. It, it's interesting if, if you look at this, all 12 tribes were involved in this building of this structure. I think that's really cool because every single kid in every single tribe of Israel can point to what their tribe, the stone their tribe brought. They weren't just pointing at the stones being like, oh, yeah, yeah, our country did this. We crossed through Jordan. That was crazy. The waters dried up or the waters poured up over there. Did they dry up? Did they go away or did they build walls like in the storybooks? I think they built walls and you can see the fish. That's what I like to think. I don't know. But the, the, he's like, yeah, it was crazy. They built up, and then Joshua told, you know, some of his guys to grab these stones. No, no, no. You ask these little kids about, about the, the 12 stones on the plains of Jericho, that you know what they say? Yeah. Bobby, or whatever Israelite name. Bobby from our tribe, he grabbed that stone. He carried that. It was work. You know, Jordan River, it's a wide river. You have, to, you have to go down in it. These were not pebbles. These were stones. These were things that they had to throw on their shoulder. It was work. He went down. I watched him go down pick up that stone, bring it up, and that's our stone. That's the Benjamite tribe stone. It wasn't just some random person. No, no, no. It was us. Our tribe did that. You need community for your family. You need your family to be able to look and say what your family has done for the work of the Lord. Very, very often I feel like it's easy to point to others It's easy to point to a community. It's easy to point to a church. Yeah, look at what Eufaul is doing. Look at what this church is doing. Look what the Christianity movement in a whole is doing. No, no, no. What is your family doing? What is your family doing? Because your family is vital. Your family is vital. And when we get to the point where we can look back and remember when we've done things that, 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 that it's so obvious that God was at work and we can look back and say, no, 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 it wasn't just a euphola. It wasn't just Christianity. It wasn't just Baptist. Whatever, whatever it is. No, no, no. It was the Stancil family had a place in that. The Stancil family put in, put work, put hours, sacrifice, put love, and they can look back and say they did their part. Not just as a church, not just as a group, as a family. We need community. Your family needs community. Your family needs to be a part of what God's doing. Not only do you need it, not only does your family need it, your church needs it. Your church needs it. You are, and this sounds so stupid, and I trust me, I get it. I used to, I've sat in church a whole lot. I, I, I've to, I'm 23. I've probably sat in church six times a week on average for my entire, I've sat in some church, okay? I've, I've gone to church. And you hear the preacher say, you know, you're just as important as the pastor. And everybody's kind of like, Okay, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, is it, because if I didn't get here, you know, things would probably go on. I mean, if I didn't get here tonight, things, things probably would have gone on. Now, would have gotten a little bit of trouble in the morning, but things probably would have gone on. Things probably would have gone on. It, 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 it's easy to think that you are not vital. 
I said this the other day in our, in our, teen, in our teen parent meeting. Why is Easter Sunday like the best Sunday of the year? And I don't want to ask you. No one answer, when I asked the teenagers' parents, no one answered me. It was, it was very sad. Um, why is Easter Sunday the best? I mean, it's coming up in April, I think, April 9th, I think. And it's going to be an awesome. We're going to pack this place out two or three. It's going to be awesome. We're going to pack it out, and it's going to be an awesome service. And we say, why is it awesome? Oh, it's because we get to celebrate the resurrection. Is the resurrection awesome? Dude, the resurrection's awesome. I love it. We get to sing about it. We get to sing about it all the time. The resurrection's awesome. You know why Easter Sunday is the coolest Sunday of the year? It's because Easter Sunday is the day out of the entire year where the people of God prioritize the place of God. And because on Easter Sunday, the people of God prioritize the place of God, church is electric. Not because it's a holiday, not because some of us are wearing suits. No, 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 because the people of God have decided that this is the day that we get to show up to church. And here's the thing. That should be every Sunday, every Sunday night, every, every time we gather, you should prioritize that. Because as people of God, we should prioritize community. When they were building this memorial, it wasn't, Joshua could have just said, let me get, he probably had his group, he probably had his guys. He could have just grabbed one or two. He could have just got, give me the strong, 12 strongest guys, get the biggest stones you can find. No, no, no. God's instructions were clear. Include a man from each tribe so that everyone in the tribe could point to what they had done in this memorial to look back at what God had done in their lives. It was important. Community was important. Not only build with community. Secondly, build where God is present. Build where God is present. Verse 3, and command ye them, saying, Take you hence out of the midst of Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet stood firm. Twelve stones, and ye shall carry them over with you, and leave them in the lodging place where ye shall lodge this night. The Ark of the Covenant is symbolic of God's presence all throughout the Old Testament. Where the Ark of the Covenant was, that means that God was present. Right before the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the Ark of the Covenant was where God was present. And God's instructions were clear. Go get 12 stones, not on the bank, not, not past it, not know where the ark stands. That wasn't an accident. He said, go where I'm at right now. I'm holding back the waters. Obviously, it wasn't the ark itself. It was a symbolic thing of God saying, I'm holding back these waters. Go get 12 stones from where the feet of the priests stood firm. Get your stones from there while you build this memorial. Because he wanted them to build where he is present. Is God present? Because the reality is you're building something. We're, we're making memories, right, right now. Your life, I was at a funeral this week, and the preacher said, you're preaching your funeral every day you live. Well, we're building our memorial every day you live. So is God present in your memorial right now? Is God present in your church? I hope so. I think so. Is God present in your church? If there is a time where God, where the word of God, the authority of God is no longer present in this church, no longer present in your small group, it's time to find a new church. Because where the authority and where the presence of God is not present is not where Christians should be present, especially in a church, especially in a church. So is God present in your church? Is God present in your home? When the going gets tough, what is the reaction from your family? What is your spouse's, what do they think your reaction will be? When, when life gets crazy, when finances are struggle, when, when finances are bad and your wife knows it, what does she expect you to do? You know what I'm saying? Because that's, that's, that's real life. Not what would you do because we, we would trust God. Amen? No, no, no. What does your wife think you would do? Does she think you would freak out? Do you think she would make you, do you think she would, she would probably say you're going to be angry for a few days? Or does she say, yeah, he's going to trust God. God's going to show himself to us like he always does, like he always has, like he always will. What do the people around you expect of you when things come? Because where God is present 
they, expect, you're, they, they will expect you to trust in him. If God's present in your home, it, it, going to church does not mean that God is present in your home. Being, having a Bible does not mean that God is present in your home. Having a Bible in the church, dragging your kids to a water, that does not mean that God is present in your home. When God is present at your home, you don't need little tests. You don't need, oh, here's my Bible. No, no, no. You know where the presence of God is. And when life happens, when reality comes, the presence of God it always prevails. But he's got to be there. And he's not going to go where he is not wanted. And if he's not wanted, that's on you. That's on you. So is the presence of God, is it in your church? Is it in your home? Is it in your head? And I say that, do you have a relationship with God? Now, I'm not talking about do people think you do. I'm not talking about does your family think you do. I'm talking about in your own head, when, the, when, when your head pits the pillow at night, are you resting in the embrace of God? Because I, it's very easy. I've, just, I've gone to church a long time without having a relationship with God. I've attended a lot of services without having a relationship with God. I've done a lot of good things. I've taught a lot of classes without having a relationship with God. But I don't ever want to do it again. I don't ever want to do it again. Because when I have a relationship with God, when I'm in his presence every day, man, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. So be where God is present. Make him present in your own home, in your own head, in your church. Be, build where God is present. Remember where God is present. Remember your community. Build thirdly, build looking to the future. And also looking to the past, but looking to the future. Verse 6 and 21 says, This may be a sign among you that when your children ask their fathers in the time to come, saying, What mean ye by these stones? And then he repeats the question in 21 when they're talking through it again. They were building this with the purpose of looking from generation to generation, saying this is going to happen. Joshua taught the people that this memorial is for when their kids ask them, they can show their kids and remind themselves and their kids of the faithfulness of God. Because this memorial provided an opportunity to celebrate God. That's what this was. In our first song, we, the hero of heaven. I love, when we, I love when songs say that. I love when that, that phrase, the hero of heaven. Because that's true. God is the hero. First, look to the past. In order to celebrate the crossing of Jordan, you know what they had to do for 40 years? Wander around a desert. It, it wouldn't have been nearly as big of a deal to, they didn't, it wouldn't have been nearly as big of a deal to cross the Jordan River if they hadn't wandered for 40 years. But they had to wander. And then they got to cross. If you, when we read in a second about his, what the memorial actually what was for, he say it was the crossing of the Jordan River. Not just because they got to cross it, but because they wandered for 40 years. They remembered the generations that had died. They remembered the wandering around, the heat, the turmoil, the stress, all the difficulties, all the trials. Now that that was over, now that the promised land was in sight, they could look back and remember. Now, when it's going on, not as fun to remember. But when it's over, when God's shown himself again, when God's proved himself again, when you get to experience the love, the grace, the joy of God again, man, it's fun to look back. But they weren't only looking back, they were also looking to the future, with gener future generations in mind. We should be constructing a faith that generations can point to as proof of God's faithfulness. You should be building a faith in your own heart that your kids and your kids' kids can look to as a proof of God's faithfulness. You should be. We should be. I think of my, my grandfathers. Um, my grandfather on my on my mom's side, he was a second generation. My great father, grandfather Gordon, he was a first generation Christian. Got saved when he was like 25, and uh, he just decided they were going to be Christians. They were going to do what's right. They're going to learn the Bible, follow it. And they did, and I get to be here because of it. 
I get to look at my dad's side. My grandpa was the first one to get saved in her whole family, in their whole family. They were from South Carolina. He was 14. He moved to Atlanta, Georgia, and they were, he got a job driving a log, uh, log truck. That's the thing. Yeah, log truck. And uh, he had to lie and say that he was 18. If we're going to get him to drive the truck, worked. He wor- it worked. He, he did that for a while. As a 14-year-old, driving a log truck uh, down through Atlanta. Uh, that was back in the day, though. That's okay. Um, and he got saved. He was homeless. Uh, a Christian knocked on his window, sleeping in his car. Witnessed to him, invited him to his home. Got saved. Became a Christian. Witnessed to his whole family. Got saved. They had kids. My dad got saved. Here I am. That, that doesn't happen on accident, is what I'm trying to say. That doesn't happen by luck. That doesn't happen by just things happening. No, that takes God's faithfulness and God's people remembering the goodness of God. And when you can remember what God's done, you want to pass it down to your kids. When you know what God, when you think of what God's done in your life, there's nothing you want to do than have that happen in someone else's life. And that's what they're doing. They're looking not only to the past, but they're looking to the future. If your faith is not built to last, it won't last. If it's not built to last, it won't last. We should be doing things so big for God that generations will ask about it. I I don't want the southern church. I don't want the southern Christianity. I don't want the go to church on Sunday, hang out. I'm good on that. There's a lot of people doing it. I want to do something so big for God that Harlow is like, Dad, you got to tell me about that. And I can't wait. I can't wait. But it takes remembering now what he's already done to look to the future. Because he's already done some miraculous things. So we're building, looking, build looking to the future. Fourthly, and, and we're wrapping up, build knowing why you are building. Right? Right? Build, I'm a little tired, knowing why you are building. I, I came up in a, in a church where it was... Um, I was the why kid. I just asked why. I asked why. When they'd say, don't do this, I'd say, why? They didn't have an answer sometimes. Sometimes they did. Eventually, I just got them all out of them. I, I pestered them enough. Why, 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 why? I was just one of those kids that wanted to know why. And it's important to know why. It's important to know why. Because when, 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 things, when things are tough, you want to know why. Because when things are easy, it's easy to do. Verse number 23 and verse 24, give the why. Build this statue, right? Build this memorial. Remember what I've done for this. For this. Let's read it again. Then, we'll start start in 22. It says, then ye shall let your children know. Israel came over this Jordan on dry land. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of Jordan from before you until you were passed over as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up from before us until we were gone over, that all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty, that you might fear the Lord your God forever. So why? Well, he, first he, he, he points to a reminder of the supernatural movement in his life. What was the supernatural movement here? He parted the Jordan River. He says, remember the supernatural things that I've done. God has done supernatural things in each one of our lives. So remember them. Remember them. Have a memorial. Have something that makes you remember them. Remember the supernatural. And then what does he say? He says, to show all the people of the earth the goodness of God. Show the world of the one true God. And then the thirdly, so that we fear the Lord your God. Philippians 2 says, work out your salvation with fear 
and trembling. We build so that we can remind ourselves of the supernatural work of our lives. We build so that we can show the world around us of the faithfulness of God. And we build so that we can fear the Lord on a daily basis. They had reason to build. Right? I mean, pretty crazy story. They, they, if you think back, and we're, if you think back to First uh, Samuel, not First Samuel, Genesis, Exodus, I don't know, one of those books. Um, they're, they're 40, it's a whole nation, slaves, right? This is a slave mentality. For generations, they are slaves. That God chooses in his divine sovereignty that it is time for his people to be free. Raises up Moses. Moses goes in, the plagues, awesome story. People are freed. They cross the Red Sea, awesome story. They're wondering. They go to Canaan, bad story. Ten spies, two were good. Ten were bad. Bad story. They, 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 they wander around the desert for 40 years. Not only are they wandering around, but their dads, their moms, their grandmas, their grandpas, their aunts and uncles are dying while they're walking. Right? 40 years, two generations dead. People are dying. They wander around for 40 years. Then they come. God says, it's time. If, you, if you study the dates, this is what I read, they were actually five days early on 40 years, which is interesting. A little, little nugget of grace from God. He said, it's time. So, so they, they get to the Jordan River, and they're like, is he going to do it again? They don't even remember probably the, the first time. Maybe some of them do, but most of them probably don't remember the Red Sea. Some, most of them probably weren't even born for the Red Sea, but he does it again. He parts the Jordan River. They walk over on dry land. And they come to a point, and God says, look at all I've done. It's time to remember. It's time to remember. So they go in. They gather the stones. They, they build them up. And that's what they do. They remember for generations. We have reason to remember. Just as the Egyptians did not catch them, re-enslave them, just as the Jordan River did not drown them, just as the Canaanites did not kill them as soon as they crossed, they had reason to build. So we should build because the gates of hell have not prevailed against us. We should build because sin does not bind us. We should build because the tomb did not hold him. We should build because we have the freedom to live in Jesus Christ. And there's no better reason to build something. There's no better reason to remember than what he's done, than to do it for what he's done in our lives. And he's done a lot. So remember. So remember. Let's pray and we will end. Dear Lord, help me to remember. Your grace, your mercy, everything you've done in my life through the stupid, stupid decisions for some reason, you've allowed it, you've allowed me to continue. Uh, trying to live for you. Lord, help me to remember your goodness, your mercy in my own life. Help me to build something that my family, my children, and the people in the world, the people in Statesville, the people around me can say that was no one but God. Do something like that here, dude. Do something like that at Eufola. We love you. In your name we pray. Colin mentioned both of his grandparents, his grandfathers. One of them ended up being a missionary to Haiti. Uh, for m much of his life. The other one, uh, Brother Johnny Stansel, um, the, one, the one that was homeless and got his window knocked on, ended up at a church called Forest Hills Baptist Church with Dr. Hurt, Curtis Hudson. 
and begin to start businesses. And really, and Colin will never tell you this, he's a multi-millionaire. The bus that Trump drove around on in this country was owned by Colin's grandfather. His grandfather, for the last 30 or 40 years, has taken millions of dollars and invested in Crown College, Hiles Anderson College, Pensacola Christian College, West Coast Baptist College, preachers all across this country. Missionaries have been supported because somebody knocked on a window of a homeless man and shared the gospel. It's amazing to think about the impact that God can have when we just witness, when we invest, when we build. And I don't know about you, my heart was stirred when he talked about this tonight. We're going to have an invitation here in a second. When he talked about leaving a memorial for our children. You see, we can, and I, I get convicted about this often. We can come to church and we can sing and we can preach and we could lead classes. But I want my daughter to know that when daddy gets up and opens the word of God, that it's real to him. Man, I want my daughter to know that when she watches her mom worship in the choir, that's not something we just do on Sunday. It's real to them. Man, I want our kids in our church to know that, man, when they come to church with their parents, that, man, this isn't just something we do to go through some religious act, but it's real to them. Um, your spouse, listen, they need to see that it's real in your life said this many times and shared it with you and she doesn't like me sharing it but I don't remember a day I don't remember a day where I've left my house and didn't see my wife with her Bible open and her prayer journal open and you know what that says to me every day even when I don't feel it even when I feel like it's real to her can be real to me too Listen, we're building something, y'all. And I, I, like, I love what he said tonight. I want to see God do something so big that only he could get the credit. Man, I want to see him do something in my family. I want to see him do something in our church. And he's already done more than I could ever imagine. But, man, it's his presence in each one of our lives. It's us spending time with him. It's us having a relationship with him. So I just want to challenge you with what he said tonight. First of all, are you building in your home right now? Dads, somebody's going to lead your home. Somebody's going to lead it. Somebody's going to love your family. Man, somebody's going to be an example to Christ. Man, you could be the one that does. You could be the one that makes a difference. Man, I want Caitlin, and she's an adult now and, and getting older. And it's hard. But I want her, when she's in her 30s and 40s, to look back and remember those times when we sat in services. And y'all listen to me. We sat in services, and there was tears that were flowing. And there were lives that were changed. And there were things that were happening. And sometimes I hear people, oh, we don't need to get all that emotional. We, don't, we just need to go in and do this thing. I thank God for the moments in my life as a young man where those services went on for hours. And people were weeping and people were praying. And God was doing something. And I pray for you, Follow Baptist Church. Y'all listen to me. You may not like this, and that's fine. But I pray we never get comfortable with the status quo. I pray, we, I pray we're just as much against dead church as we are. Is everybody awake in here tonight as we are carrying? charismatic church because listen we are I love it I want to leave something for our kids man I want them to know that it was real and we saw prayers answered and we saw God do something and I want to leave a memorial so that when people see it they can say look not what Jake did not what look what you follow did but I love this look what God did as people leave I don't want them to say what a great preacher or what great music or what, what great guitar playing we had some good guitar playing today when they leave Man, I want him to say, what a great God. Man, he's a God of grace. Man, he's a God of mercy. Man, he can take those Davids that we talked about this morning. 
He can take those Tamars we talked about this morning. He can take those Rahabs and he can use them for his glory. Let's stand to our feet. Matt's going to sing. The altar's open.